Okay, let's just get right into this. Oh my goodness, the Leafs pulling the trigger on a couple of trades Sunday, the day before the trade deadline. I'm sure I'm sure TSN and Sportsnet absolutely love Kyle Dubas for that one right there, first and foremost. But wow. So we had three games, three Toronto Maple Leaf games this week. Three wins, three dubs, obviously. Um, I mean, bit of up and down play in each of them. Uh, obviously, some strong points, some very, very, very good moments, some hey, smarten up moments here and there. But let's put that on the back burner for right now because we got a couple trades to talk to. Uh, it's Monday, April 12th as we're speaking, 11.37 p.m. to be exact, just to let everyone know when this is being recorded. Uh, in case Kyle, you know, wakes up at 4 a.m. and goes, hey, you know what, we need another defenseman. Because I wouldn't put it past him. The guy grinds. Like, if you think you grind, just look at Kyle Dubas. You gotta... Goal is always to grind like him. That guy's out of his mind. Anyways, so where we sit right now in the standings... Let's take a look at that standing seasons really need to keep your eye on those simply because I don't I don't like to look too early into the season uh, even before halfway it's like what's the point of this, this is not how this is gonna end up but past around the halfway mark and a little bit past is when you need to start taking a look at the standings so right now Leafs first Winnipeg second Edmonton third Leafs have a six-point lead on Winnipeg, and then Montreal fourth. If the playoffs were to start right now, Leafs would play Montreal. And then the Leafs are, uh, they do have four games in hand on, uh, Vancouver has four games in hand on the Leafs, but uh, the Leafs are on fifth place. They're up by 22 points. 22 points. Good math. Brain right there. So 22 points with 15 games remaining. All right. Not bad. We're looking healthy. Let's get right into the trades. Nick Foligno. We're actually back it up. We have three trades this week. Riley Nash from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Nick Foligno from the Columbus Blue Jackets. And David Riddick. No quarantine. Big save Dave from the Calgary Flames. So let's get into the first one. Uh, let's get into the biggest one first. Nick Foligno acquired from the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Leafs give up a first and two fourth round picks. Um, in exchange, they get Nick Foligno. And this was a three-way trade, so they get Nick Foligno and Stefan Noison. So Toronto gets Foligno, Noison. Columbus gets a first and a fourth. And then San Jose gets a fourth. And now San Jose is tied into this because they are retaining some salary cap there for Nick Foligno and so are the Blue Jackets I believe so Foligno comes in with I mean the Leafs get him on retained money um Noison I I think that's just kind of a toss in uh I'd like to see him with the Marlies I think he will really help them there but right now with how the team is constructed I he'd be what the 15th forward so a black ace in the playoffs kind of thing depth whatever option I don't think it should come to that but uh i'd really like to see what he can do to help the marlies out for right now so that's a that's what that ad is really so nick felino um first thoughts there's three ways to break this down does this help the leafs three thousand percent i'm happy they made this trade to acquire nick felino i think he can really help this lineup um 
I, where he fits in, there's several different spots, but what he really, really brings is a physical presence, obviously some leadership. Um, to go back to the physical presence part, he has 109 hits on this on the year. The highest on the Leafs right now is 69. So bringing in that, I think, especially, you know, with what we saw with the Tampa Bay Lightning last year, having that those guys that can consistently hit and wear down your opponents will really help you throughout a playoff series. And what we saw with the Tampa Bay Lightning was Yanni Gord, Blake Coleman, and Yanni Gord, Blake Coleman, and the last and Barkley Goudreau gave up a little bit, a lot for Barkley Goudreau and uh, Blake Coleman, but. What did they do? They possessed the puck and they wore down their opponents. So the Leafs bring in a little bit of that to the lineup. I like that part. In terms of scoring, I mean, he's playing. The Blue Jackets aren't doing a very good job scoring at all. He, I mean, his last 50-point year was in 16-17. This year, 16 points in 42 games. The offense has really dried up for him. He's playing 18 minutes a game as well on top of that. So not i mean good defensive player don't get me wrong the defensive numbers are outstanding for nick felino the offensive numbers have 100 percent dwindled he's not the 73 point player with ryan johansson back in 14 15 that he once was but where do i see him in the lineup um someone suggested to me on the tavares nylander combo eh, i don't know I think maybe now that Galchenyuk feels comfortable with Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, maybe you put Hyman there. I really like that Hyman-Tavares combination the other night. Um, or you could put Felino there, whatever. Um, maybe even you could fit. You could slot him in so many places because he's he's a utility guy. He can play center. And he, or I saw somewhere that he could play center. I don't think he's playing center this year. But uh, on the left wing there, I mean... I wouldn't ideally you acquired a guy for a first round pick you're not going to play him fourth line but second third line kind of thing um i think around there i do have highlights of nick felino on the youtube page so you can check out those get a better idea of what he'll bring to the table there but honestly i'm, I'm happy they acquired nick felino i think he'll bring a lot to this team now my second part that i mentioned earlier my second part to it I put up a poll on Instagram. You can check that out there. Did the Leafs overpay for him? 55% of people said no as of right now. I'm going to have to disagree. I think they really overpaid for Nick Foligno. I mean, as I mentioned, you're bringing in a physical guy, lots of experience, has had a history. I mean, not a terrible offensive player, but hasn't put up many offensive numbers, very good offensive numbers as of recent. Um, not afraid to chuck them either, but I mean, for what they paid for right now for Nick Felino, a first and two fourths. Granted, they did have to um, get some retained salary in order to acquire him, which is why the price was is what it was. But I mean, that's a lot for Nick Felino, a first round pick and two fourth round picks. I mean. The Islanders, I think, gave up less for Paul Murray and Zajac there. 
They gave up a first and I think a third, maybe a couple C-level prospects. Even if they want to call them prospects, one of them is in 24. So, I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot for Nick Foligno and a toss-in. A first and two-fourths. That's where the price is. It's hefty. But you know what? And rope all these together. The David Riddick one as well. You know what this really shows me? The Leafs were willing to overpay for to add someone to make this team right now better, regardless of the future. Now, the prospect pool I have, I have no problem with. This is a weak draft class. This was the year to trade your first round pick. The Leafs have a strong um, prospect pool with Nick Robertson, Rodian Amarov, Rasmus Sandin, still very young, born in the year 2000. Timothy Logren has looked very good with the Marlies. Uh, Philip Hollander's been okay overseas. You know, Topi Nimala, Roni Hirvinen. They got some good, decent names in there. They have a very good development staff that they can throw some that they have the money to throw around to make these players better. I have no problem with giving up that first round pick this year. So going back to what I was saying, this shows that the Leafs are all in on this year. They're all in. Not looking to win one playoff. Oh, we need this first round pick because in four years he's gonna be able to play third line left wing. The Leafs are all in now. They want to win now. They know they can win now. You don't go out and spend for overpay for a guy like Nick Foligno if you don't know that you have the team to win right now and that you need to win right now. Like, take a look at Tampa Bay last year. A first-round pick that they gave up. A first-round pick and Nolan Foote for Blake Coleman. I don't know the full, I can't remember the full trade, but that was the parts to it. And they give up a first round pick for Barkley Goudreau. Is two firsts and one of your good prospects worth Barkley Goudreau and Blake Coleman? Two third, maybe second line players? No, that's a lot. That's an overpayment. However, was it necessary? Was it needed? 3,000% it was. And I equate it to that. Did I mean is a third round pick for David Riddick a lot? It kind of is. David Riddick, outside of his record against the Leafs, it's horrible. It's it's not good. He hasn't put up great numbers over the past two seasons. But David Riddick, I think, is a pretty good goalie. He's decent. He's a backup goalie. Decent backup goalie. Um, has shown what he can really be in his games against the Leafs. And you know what? We don't know what Frederick Anderson, what state he's in, what his health is like. You don't want to roll the dice with Hutchinson as your backup. So you pay the premium and you bring David Riddick over. So this is exciting. This is really exciting. These three trades, they might seem minor. We didn't go out and acquire Taylor Hall, unfortunately. I don't know. Maybe the asking price was too high or whatever. I think also he wants to sign an extension with wherever he's traded to, so that could affect it as well. But we didn't acquire Taylor Hall. We acquired three pieces. But what these three pieces signify is that the Leafs have the desire and the team to make a little, put together a little bit of a run this year. They've got upper management's full confidence. And you know what? I'm, I mean. 
I know we're playing in the Canadian Divisional. It's the weaker division. But you can't help but have a good feeling about this Toronto Maple Leafs team. So, as I mentioned, let's go back. Summarize what I just said. Overpayment for Nick Foligno was needed, will be welcomed, will make an impact in the lineup, will bring that little bit of grit, some leadership in the locker room, um, maybe a touch of scoring here and there, whatever, depending on who he's playing with. But I like the addition. I think I think it could really benefit. This trade really does benefit the Leafs, regardless of overpayment or not. So, trade number two, David Riddick. Um, his splits, as I mentioned, as I alluded to right before, his splits this year are hilarious. Um, just taking a look at them now, I'm going to read off some of them. Against the, the against the Canucks, he doesn't really play. So scratch off that one. But against the Oilers in 90 minutes played, so one and a half, and one and a big one and a half games actually. Yeah, on the dot. 882 save percentage. Okay. Against Montreal, one start, 810 save percentage, one loss. Okay. Against the Senators, two wins, two losses, headbutted in hit the wall in one game, 884 save percentage. Okay. Against the Jets, an 897 save percentage in two games. Okay. Against the Toronto Maple Leafs, one, two, and one, a 940 safe percentage three of those four starts he put up great numbers i mean i know the the shutout does help his numbers and then there was the second game like what the next night maybe the day after put up great numbers there and then there was another one i mean three of the four starts he's put up great numbers against the leafs he's played he was strong in two of the four i want to say one of them he gave up a couple muffins but I mean, 940 versus the rest of the NHL is... I don't think it's going to give me the numbers, and I don't feel like calculating it right now. But that's kind of funny. That is pretty funny. So, what is David Riddick? What what did we just acquire? So, as I mentioned with Anderson, we have no clue what's going on there. Um, so, David Riddick is the insurance policy. Just in case, worst case scenario, Anderson can't come back. He's not healthy, never feels right once again. You have David Riddick to back up Jack Campbell. So, what does he do? He no quarantine, which is very, very helpful. We have about 15 games left, I think. I checked it recently. I can't remember, though. Sick job. Um, David Riddick provides a little bit of relief. Jack Campbell doesn't have to start. 13 of these last 15 he can you know some workload is taken off jack campbell relax a little bit get a little bit healthier um don't overwork him going into the playoffs which will be nice for him um and we're not you know it's not gonna be a total i mean hutchinson he put forth some good games i think he's got some somewhat decent numbers this year but least fans all know what hutchinson is he's shaky it's very scary with him back there not gonna lie so with Riddick, you get a little bit more confidence because he Riddick is better than Michael Hutchinson. He moves his movements are a lot cleaner than Michael Hutchinson's. Um, I mean, this year the numbers are not great, but it can be attributed to he's playing on a terrible team right now. The, the Flames are just a complete tire fire out there, so it could be partially attributed to that. But not gonna. 
not gonna lie, he, he's not he's not a starter, he's not stupendous, he, he's a decent backup. He'll be a decent backup for, for Jack Campbell, should anything happen. Good insurance policy. Paid a little bit too much, but a good insurance policy. I would have paid a, around a fourth for him, but seeing as though um, what Johan, Lucas Johansson uh, from Buffalo went to Colorado for a sixth, and he stinks, and then Devin Dubnik went, what, Patterson in a fifth? Devin Dubnik's been one of the worst goalies over the last two years. I think some of the analytics have him the worst over the last three. He went for a Patterson and a fifth? Makes sense why the Leafs had to pay a third for David Riddick. And especially the no quarantine really helps as well. So last trade we'll get into. Riley Nash. And debatably, this is... I mean, that trade... This trade... Not debatably. I don't even know why I said that word. But anyways, this was an important trade to make. And why is that? I mean, acquired dust. We acquired an overpaid fourth-line center. What do you mean, over, this is an important trade to make? Well, when you look at the cap implications, Riley Nash is not healthy right now. He's out four to six weeks with a knee sprain, I think it is, some sort of knee injury. He's on LTIR. He's out for the rest of the season. We will not see him play a regular season game as the Toronto Maple Leaf. Just plain and simple. So why did we acquire him? Well, first and foremost, the Leafs actually did like him. He's a very good defensive forward. Defensive center. Very good defensive numbers. Offense? He stinks. He's horrible. But shut down defensive center. That's what he is. And that's what the Leafs liked about him. Now, because his cap hit is on LTIR right now it allowed the Leafs to spend a little bit it extended the Leafs ability to spend I think it extended the cap for them and allowed them to go a little bit over because they have this contract on LTIR it was some sort of benefit with the LTIR that allowed the Leafs to pick up both David Riddick and Nick Foligno so Shout out to Riley Nash, making a big impact without even touching the ice. He will be back for playoffs. Maybe we see him there, but we'll see. Who knows? Who knows? Um, he, he's injured right now, and the big thing was they needed him to uh, make some cap space, essentially. That's what that was. So additionally, Frederick Anderson on LTIR right now. As I, I mentioned his name a couple times just before, we have no idea what's going on with him. Um hopefully he gets right he gave us three really really good seasons as a Leafs goaltender um and before that we hadn't really hadn't really gotten that very consistently I'd say so shout out to him if we have seen the last of him in Toronto it was a good run unfortunately game seven he choked actually elimination games he did not you know team didn't play its best but neither did he really so anywho moving forward um the Leafs have a tiny a tad bit of space left um trade deadline is tomorrow I think at 3 p.m or I guess Monday uh today at 3 p.m I mean they could acquire a little bit of defensive depth possibly uh with the little bit of wiggle room that they have left. I kind of think they're done, but who knows? 
Give me a little bit of excitement, Kyle. We're in lockdown right now. Give me, give us a little bit of something, something on this possibly will forecast it to be rainy Monday. Right? So we'll see. We'll see. I think they're pretty set. I'm really happy with uh, what, that we got to see some action from the Leafs. Um, Kyle Dubas put it, I mean, he, he went all in. I really liked it. I was really happy about that. If the Leafs went silent through this trade deadline, would have raised my eyebrow a little bit. But, so yeah, to recap, a little bit of overpayment. They're all in. Love it. Let's get into some weekly notes from this week. Um, the one thing that stood out to me, and I really want to say, I think it was last episode, maybe the episode before, I was not too happy with Wayne Simmons. I thought that since he had come back from injury, he hadn't given the Leafs anything. He did not deserve to be on the power play. This week, three great games from Wayne Simmons. That's the one thing I wanted to point out right away. Three great games from Wayne Simmons. I really liked him playing with... Uh, Eng he was with Engvall Mikheyev, and then he was with uh, Barabanov. And why am I drawing a blank on that last one? That's kind of <laughs> sick job. Barabanov and uh, Pierre Engvall. Real good shutdown pair. Um, did a very good job in, in Ottawa at... Um, creating the cycle in the offensive zone, not allowing the 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 sense to even touch the puck. Really, there were some really good cycles there. He seems to be moving a lot better. There was one play he skated through the neutral zone, made a little toe drag, took a shot on net. The juice, the mojo, is back for Wayne Simmons, and I'm really happy. That was a welcome, um, I want to say, addition. Um, because he's he's been there, but he just wasn't was wasn't playing the way he was before. So awesome to see Wayne Simmons come back to his what he was at the beginning of the season. A little bit of magic there. Um, Zach Hyman, another one. Zach Hyman right now, I think, is going through um, a little bit of uh, Rick Nash syndrome. I like to call it. This week we got to see him with. Matthews and Marner for two games and then last night we got to see him with Tavares and uh, Mikheyev as well so what I mean by Rick Nash syndrome Rick Nash was a player that the traditional hockey man loved big guy scores goals can skate but it kind of made like they loved him to a point it made him overrated so then people would bash Rick Nash because saying he's overrated. But the bashing went to a point where it became where Rick Nash was almost underrated. I mean, Rick Nash in his career scored, what, 40 goals three times? Eclipsed 30 goals eight times? Terrific goal scorer. Put up some points here and there. I'm typically a 60-point player. Great goal scorer. Very, like guy that you would want on your team 100% but because he was so overrated by some and then bashed by others it made him somewhat underrated and that's exactly what we have with Zach Hyman right now this year Zach Hyman is I mean TSN will put on segments it seems during the the, the intermission reports 100% on Team Canada this guy deserves seven million dollars a year third by seven or eight years whatever we're hearing the numbers we're hearing the segments 
it's kind of ridiculous. And so then you got people on Twitter. Zach Hyman. How is he worth all this money? How is he better than Nylander? How is he the most third most uh, valuable player on the Leafs ahead of Nylander? Including me. I said that last one actually too. Um, made a couple of memes on that. But it's come to the point where the bashing, it's almost like, okay, like Zach Hyman is a very, it, it has been exceptional this week. He's been a very good glue guy to Marner Matthews, good puck tracker, um, and even generates offense. Even like when we saw him on the third line, he was doing a terrific job of generating offense. So the bashing to me has almost come to the point where it's, is Zach Hyman underrated now by some? Overrated by others? A little bit of Rick Nash syndrome in there? I think so, especially with what we saw with between him. So obviously, I mean, between if you're playing with Matthews and Martyr, it's not if you're a half decent hockey player. It's not that hard to look really good. However, he looked very good with Tavares and Mikheyev as well. He's looked very good on the third line as well. With I think it was Mikheyev Engvall. Hyman's a great player. If the Leafs, have, I mean, I don't think the Leafs will get him for three and a half next year on the open market. I think he'll go upwards past five, no problem, five by five. Um, we'll see with what COVID happened. I mean, we saw some guys. We thought Taylor Hall was going to sign a huge contract. Ta-da! Nope. Uh, but very, very, very interesting case to see what happens in the summer. I personally don't quite think. That A, he'll give a hometown discount and he'll be back next year. And that's going to suck because he's been fantastic up and down the lineup for the Leafs. I just got a notification. Taylor Hall was traded to the Bruins. That just happened one second ago right now. That's pretty crazy. I can't wait to see what this return was. Um, Yeah, not coming up yet. Someone said Anders Bjork in a second. That's criminal. Because I don't think Anders Bjork has even played very well this year. For two second rounders. Huh? Oh, man. This is... Okay. Just going to put my phone down. This is ruining everything for everyone. We'll get back to that later. In a second. We'll see what... We'll see when the facts trickle in. Okay? I've seen two second rounders for Taylor Hall kind of upsets me he's a good player very talented remember he won the heart trophy all right this is not the, the, the taylor hall i don't know anyways moving on i could go on a whole i could do the whole episode on the the nonsense i've seen with, with taylor with regards to taylor hall this year but i to continue on the leafs past week um where was i i was oh i was doing a tsn segment on uh zach hyman that's where we are Anyways, very good. I, I don't I honestly don't foresee him on the open market. I think he'll be uh, he'll be cashing in. Maybe not some Stuart Hyman money, but he'll be cashing in nice on the open market there. Um, again, again, the least the past two games without William Nylander offensively, I thought looked very good. Uh, the John, I mean John Tavares' line without William Nylander uh, the past two games. One one game with uh, Galchenyuk, Mikheyev, and another game with 
um, Mikheyev and Hyman, I thought looked pretty strong. I mean, we didn't play the most fantastic of teams. Montreal without Brendan Gallagher and Ottawa, who's last in the division. But I thought they looked pretty good. So a good... And then, obviously, in the, the Ottawa game, Marner and Matthews picking it up. Even in the, the Montreal game, they played well all week. Anyways... The offense picking it up without having William Nylander there, I thought was very admirable. Um, the team this week, I d- you did feel there's a little bit too much ups and downs for my liking. That's a really stupid statement, I know. But, I mean, allowing the Flames to come back into the game on Monday there. Uh, the Montreal game, they dominated the first period. I mean, the second period, they didn't touch the puck, it seems. Didn't give up many good chances, but didn't touch, touch the puck for almost three quarters of the second period. And then the Ottawa game, allowing Ottawa, it was a 6-5 game in the end. Ottawa seemingly didn't touch the puck for 10-minute stretches. So, just got to keep that, that dominance going. And... I feel like the Ottawa game, for sure, there was one line missing. The thornton spezza Kerfoot line was not very good against Ottawa. They had their chances here and there, but overall, I thought they were the weakest line. Um, And then again against Montreal. I mean, the numbers aren't looking good for that line. And I 100% don't think... Actually, this whole week, they stunk. But why is that? And why is that happening? Well, you got to point the finger at Kerfoot and Thornton. They've been... They were the two for many games for a good chunk of the last few games they have been the worst players expected goals for percentage and they just in general they've been the worst players at like doing anything pretty much Thornton will you know be quiet for a little while and then make a good play here and there Kerfoot somewhat too but you need a lot more than that so that line this week really did disappoint me it was unfortunate to see. I was really, really liking Jason Spezza going into this week as well. And, I mean, maybe it was his line mates. Maybe it was him. Who knows? I don't want to fully blame one of them. But th- that line in general needs to be a lot better than what they were this past week. Especially if they're going to be third line o- over Wayne Simmons's line. So, very up and down. But, overall... Um, Goaltending wise, also uh, the three games, all three played by Jack Campbell. Yes, I don't know why I had to think about that, but yes, all three played by Jack Campbell. I mean, the Ottawa game, there's some tough goals there in terms of just defensive breakdowns, defensive brain farts, so to speak. Um, but I think the first two games, I mean, sorry. Not to skip over the Ottawa game. He made some big saves in very dire times this week. And you'll notice that with Jack Campbell. I really like how he comes up big when when, when the lights are the brightest in the games. He he's come up big. And he made some big saves against Ottawa when they were up when the Leafs were up 5-4. It's unfortunate. I mean, can't close out the game I and mean, just dump the puck down. Those kind of garbage goals like that are so frustrating but he made some pretty good saves against the senators in the the dying time so maybe not the best game from jack campbell i mean he gave up a five spot but 
made some key saves in there. That was really good to see. Montreal, same thing. I mean, he's been solid. 11-0. The Leafs have picked him up and they've helped him for some of those games, obviously. But hell of a run by Jack Campbell. Hopefully, David Riddick can come in, take some of the load off of him. Take some of the the workload off of him. Why I said work, load, work twice. Anyways, marbles in my mouth. Um, take some of the load off of him going into playoffs so he's a little more fresh both mentally and physically. Uh, when you start a lot of games in a row, it does weigh on you mentally. That's the big thing I find about goaltending is the mental strain aspect. If you're able to, you know, I wouldn't mind if Jack Campbell played every other game going into playoffs. And as a goal, you don't realize it that oh i need to be as a goal year i need to be in every single game i need to play 82 games out of the year i need to start 82 games of the year but i mean sometimes you need to sometimes the coach needs to decide what's best for you as opposed to what you think is best for you because starting all 82 games you're not going to be as mentally fresh come playoff time and you're not going to play as well as you should that's why the boston bruins if you if you like like the Boston Bruins are playing to Karask. I mean, maybe not best the best example this year, but in previous years as well. When they brought in Halak, and even when they had Hudobin, they weren't starting him every single game like they used to. And I'll, I'll pull up the exact numbers for his start rate, but with Tukarask, they were taking away starts from him, not because he was playing bad, but actually at one point they were, but because he wasn't playing very well but like last year 929 save percentage only still 41 starts though wasn't due to injury they were taking starts away from him so he's more mentally fresh in those games that he was playing and then in the playoffs i mean last year was a bad example but the year before in the playoffs they went to the stanley cup final he was lights out he was awesome 1819 that's that is 45 starts so i mean campbell hasn't played what he's played exactly 11 games this year right i hope i'm right on that one <laughs> but so maybe that has a bit of a factor to it yeah 11 game 11 starts this year which is not a lot but you don't want him starting the next 15 games i want i would ideally like riddick to be thrown in there a little bit more frequently than what we've seen from hutchinson just so that jack campbell is that a little bit more mentally fresh and a little bit more physically fresh because he has dealt with injuries this year going into playoffs i hope what i just said made sense i think it did kind of blacked out there but anywho um yeah first in the division playoffs started today we play montreal really like to recap everything that is i'm okay with all the trade deadline decisions i think they improved the team i'm very happy despite what maybe taylor hall got traded for probably gonna be a little bit upset about that one not gonna lie i like taylor hall he's a great player but moving on a solid week overall three wins that's what's important some dark spots here and there in their games maybe a little bit more Hopefully, you know, the addition of Felino will adds that a little bit more, a little bit more consistency through the lineup. A little bit of a better defensive presence from the forwards there. And um bada bing bada boom. I'll see you guys next Monday. <laughs>